My name is Claudia Pribola, the Chief Operating Officer at the New Jersey Elder Law Center at Goldberg Law Group. In my role as COO, I am confronted daily with families in need, in need of attention, resources, and a plan. These families all have one thing in common, and they may not even know it. They all seek the one thing that their senior members can provide them, and that all parents might provide their children and grandchildren. They're looking to maintain their legacy. My name is Clelia Pergola, and I am here to focus on your legacy. So I want to introduce you to Laura Marie Husking. She is currently the Director of Marketing for Generations Counseling and Care Management and has been in marketing community relations for the senior care industry since 2013. But she hasn't always been in healthcare. She was inspired to get into the geriatric healthcare field after her mother passed away from a rare form of cancer. The caregiving journey had an irrevocable effect on her, and she decided she wanted to be in the fields that provided caregivers with the resources to make their journey less stressful. She manages a variety of relationships, one with me, and, and the acute care facilities, assisted living communities, independent living communities, doctors, physical therapists, and elder law attorneys. Her passion for caregiver education has never waned and has been be become an integral part of her job. She has developed numerous caregiver events, panels, and support groups. She is also an avid and vocal volunteer for Alzheimer's New Jersey, and in 2018, she became their Northern New Jersey walk chair. When you can't find her doing these things, you can always try looking in the woods as she's incredibly passionate about hiking. Welcome, Laura. How Thank you, doing? you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Uh, I've learned so much about you in these last couple, uh, this last year. I feel like we're besties um, and I'm excited for everyone else to get to know you a little better. Yeah, I mean, we have shown up um, on several meetings in the same clothes by accident. <laughs> that, that is true. Uh, so before we get right into uh, the conversation, I have to ask you, what did you do during COVID? Did you binge watch? Did you take up some new sport? <laughs> like, what were you doing? Well, so I think one of the things that I love to do, you mentioned was hiking. And I pretty much just did that a lot more often because, um, with everything being so virtual, it allowed me to kind of get out more. And then it also benefited my job because there were a lot of people who still wanted to meet in person safely. So I ended up doing like networking hikes for people. And I feel like they got a little bit more personal. You were able to get to know a little bit better about the, the person and their business as they were like huffing and puffing. <laughs> so go back to the, the hikes, the, the networking hikes. Yeah. Tell everybody what, well, first tell everybody what, I don't know if everybody knows what a director care manager is. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so a geriatric care manager is almost a complicated question because they really can do as much or as little as the family wants. But 
basically it's hiring someone to be your advocate. So they'll come in and take a look at whatever your issues are. So most often someone will come to us with like an early diagnosis of dementia or something. So we'll come in, kind of take a look at their, um, their whole life, really. Like what are the doctors that they're seeing? Um, what are the medical issues? Like what are their finances like and what are their goals like? So we basically give them a comprehensive assessment, taking all of that in mind. We even look at their psychosocial, like, do they have a lot of family around? Do they not have a lot of family around? Do they belong to a church that could also help them through this? Because you and I both know that being care, being a caregiver is one of the most stressful things that you could, you could go through, right? So it really does take almost a village to take care of one person. So having a geriatric care manager kind of evaluate all of the resources in your area that you, you can take advantage of and help the family through the entire process. So some families come to us and just ask us for a comprehensive assessment and a care plan, and then we can step away. And then some families hire us for ongoing advocacy throughout the entire process. So they'll say, we really want to concentrate on being the son or the daughter. Like We want to binge watch stuff with my mom on television. So, and I don't want to have to worry about when our next doctor's appointment is. Should we fight this insurance bill? Should we not fight this insurance bill? They don't want to interview all of the home care companies first. So we'll do all of that for them and kind of really let them be the daughter or the son or the husband or the wife instead of having to be that like taskmaster. So it's really, it's so we can do anything or as little as possible. It's all, always, every family is different, right? So, so we do tend to, to handle a lot of unique needs and a lot of unique cases. So we, we actually gave your name out the other day and I tried to explain to the person what a geriatric care manager was. And I said, it's like rent a daughter, but like you can abuse them as much as you want. Uh, so I don't know if that was a good way of putting it. She, <laughs> she got it. So yeah. uh, I don't know how, how good that is, but she, she understood. So um, I know you'll help them. But so going back to the hiking and the networking, uh, you that you were also doing uh, bringing caregivers to explain like what's going on and, and tell me the story that you said that. Yeah. So I want to say it was pre COVID in, I think it was November, 2019, like right before COVID I did this um, grief support hike through hike the world. And what we did was I led a hike at storm King mountain with a grief counselor. And so this way, we had a professional there with us throughout the, throughout the entire hike. And we limited it to about like eight people. So she would kind of go through the grieving process and about how like the process is totally normal and totally different based on who you are. So the stages of grief are almost counterintuitive sometimes because people are like, all right, well, I haven't hit anger. Does that mean I'm not normal? But there is no normal or um, abnormal way to grieve. It's just however the person chooses to grieve. So I think it was a real big benefit to have somebody professional talk to us. And I think there was something about being out in nature and pushing yourself physically allowed you to open up yourself emotionally a little bit more. Right. So I'll never forget this. We were all on top of the mountain to where we were going to have like our bigger session because we would stop along the way and she would to ask people if they had any questions or anything. And, and then we would get moving. But our biggest 
part of the hike was sitting together in a circle on this mountaintop and just sharing each of our stories. And we were, you know, crying on the top of the mountain and people were probably hiking along the way, wondering what was going on. <laughs> like, why are all these strangers crying? Why are these people? Yeah, why is everyone crying? But it was amazing because uh, there was a man in his 50s who came on the hike with us and he lost his dad, I want to say like really young, right? But he never really processed the grief. And he told me right before the hike, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk. It's not who I am, but I want to be there because I think it's a good experience for me. And he opened up and shared like you would not believe. So there's, there has to be a connection between like being out in nature and pushing yourself physically. And it really opens you up emotionally, I think in a different way. So it was definitely one of the most incredible experiences I've had. And it was, it was basically past caregivers because they had all lost somebody. That it's, that's so beautiful. I mean, you're right. Caregiving is such a difficult part of life, um, but it's, it's revolutionary because it teaches you so much. And while all of our stories are different, we're all so alike and being out in nature, I know personally, being somebody that uh, suffers from anxiety, it's very therapeutic. And I also try to encourage people to tell their story. You know, a lot of people I feel like approach me with social media and they're like, oh, you're so brave. And, you know, you're always telling people, you know, even when... <laughs> posting pictures when I have stuff in my teeth and then pointing it out that I have something in my tooth. And they're like, oh, you're just not shameful. And I'm like, but we've all, we all go through it. And that's the thing is by sharing your story. And I always want to encourage people to, is that you're not alone. You think you're alone and you think you're the only one, but, and when you do tell your story, it's, no longer becomes about you. So it is, a, it's a therapeutic way because you then attract people that are going through the same sort of situation or have gone through the same sort of situation and you get to help them through whatever you're going through. So I think that's so important. Yeah. And you mentioned something so interesting. You said like, you have no shame or it's shameful. Right. And I think one of the biggest things is to like get rid of the stigma between two things, right? Between mental health and aging, because there are two topics that have like, nobody wants to talk about them. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the more you tell people, like I suffer from anxiety issues, like I'm having a hard time. Everybody is in the same boat. Everybody is having a hard time. Everybody has anxiety. Everybody's going to get older. And I think one of the most important things we can do, like particularly professionals in the senior care industry, is to kind of get rid of those stigmas. Because once you're a lot more open, you're a lot healthier. Like keeping emotions and keeping that stuff inside can affect you physically too. Oh, absolutely. So, and I love that you are the way you are because I think it's important for people to see strong, like independent women also saying like, I have a problem with anxiety. Like I, I, I have issues in my life. Because I think with social media, you tend to only see the best things, right? But, um, and we're never the best. <laughs> no. no, definitely not. And, and, and that's 
it's true. It's funny because people will be like, definitely before COVID, oh, you know, you're you're speaking in front of large audiences, like you have no fear. And I'm like, little do you know, <laughs> like I have a paper clip in my pocket that I keep bending until it breaks or um, any other like little trick that we use to kind of calm ourselves down. But uh, it's definitely interesting, the perception of the world uh, versus the reality. I know, I know. So going into your legacy and your family legacy, I think it's, uh, to me, legacy, it's so important because while professionally I work for an elder law attorney and we're planning for, you know, their financial well-being or their, their legal situation, I believe that it's not the things that we leave behind or the money, it's the values. And, uh, people's values come up in different little ways. And it's so interesting to see, again, how we're all connected by these stories of childhood that bring us into adulthood. And uh, so I want to hear from you as far as your best memory, your favorite memory of you as a child. Oh gosh. Um, so much of my childhood too. Like I had this incredible, amazing mom and you know, her story. And I think having her as a mother was the greatest gift of my life. I think because any memory that she was in, I just, even though if I, I can only remember the shadow of it, like I just remember how I felt and it was always, I always felt so joyous because she was the kind of person who would make like a big deal out of like your friend coming over. So she would make these like parties and like signature drinks and just sitting outside in her deck and like her knowing every single one of my friends' names and what they did and what their hopes and dreams were. I just feel like any memory with her was always like one of my favorite. Like I, I have a wonderful family, definitely. And we spend, um, we would spend summers together too. Like I, you know this, like I'm half Italian, half Irish and a little bit Dutch, but like a lot of my Italian side of the family, we would rent two shore houses every year at Dewey Beach. And a lot of those memories are my favorite memories because it's like us all yelling. <laughs> like No one can hear each other. Um, just having fun, like all sitting, like almost piled on top of each other in like the small living room and laughing and going to the beach. Like those, that definitely some of my favorite summer memories. So tell us, uh, well, first off, tell us, uh, about your mom. How, how was she? Tell. tell oh, okay. <laughs> so she is basically the reason why I'm in healthcare now. So she was a nurse. Um, she worked, like she started off as a medical terminology teacher for Eastwick College. And then they realized how incredible she was and kind of slowly pulled her in to do more and more and more things. And um, so she eventually became like the director of nursing and helped them create the LPN to RN bridge program. And 
she was just one of those instructors and one of those forces of nature that I I will still run into people who look at my last name and recognize it and ask me if I'm Joe's daughter. And And they'll say to me, your mom's the reason why I have this job. Your mom's the reason why I got my RN. Your mom's the reason why I'm like a nurse leader now. Your mom's the reason why... I have this wonderful career and now manage a whole bunch of assisted living buildings and I'm the healthcare director. You know, it's, it's, she touched so many lives in so many ways. And it's one of, like I said, it's a great joy to be able to be connected to that. And, and when you talk about legacy, like she really built a legacy because she's been gone for 10 years and I still have people who tell me how incredible my mom was. How beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is. It is pretty beautiful. Uh, they also named the library after her when she passed away at Eastwood College. Um, and uh, it's called the Josephine Husking Memorial Library. And they ha- they hung her like nursing graduation picture in there and had a ribbon cutting ceremony, invited the whole family to go. So, yeah, she really did build like a strong legacy. And I think when I was in publishing, at the end of my career in publishing, I really wanted to do something different. Like, I feel like I'm not inspiring people like she did. I want to get into a field where I can do that, where I can help caregivers and also give that same feeling away that my mom gave to so many people. Well, I know that she is looking down so proud of you because being part of the caregiver support group that we host I see you and how you talk to the caregivers and you just have this air about you that is just so comfortable and warm and friendly through a computer, which is very hard (laughs) to have that effect on people. So um, I know she's very proud. I can say that uh, confidently is that you are definitely living her legacy. Oh God, that means a lot to me because I feel the same way about you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, with, with grandma, I mean, she, she spoke Italian. She had a third grade education, so she didn't really work. And I just thought about her differently. Like I just thought like, she was a, like, she was a house mom. She never drove like, she was just very old school and it's funny like that's why this podcast the book that i'm coming out with the the, i'm going to have a legacy project is so important because if you look at my grandmother on paper she really didn't have anything and she left so much behind like she had so many values because of the the impact that she had on people she may have not impacted as many people as we can impact now. Um, but whenever she came in contact with someone, they always felt loved. They always felt welcomed. They, She just had this like warm aura about her, this almost like healing uh, feeling. And so when I have that effect on people, I, and while I, I'm not, I don't naturally, I believe, have that sort of aura. So I have to work hard at it. 
But when I do, when I, and I get the response back, I think I'm living, I'm living her legacy. Like I'm doing her for her. So, yeah, I love that. You know, I really, I count myself so lucky because I have, I have, um, my, my dad's still around. So he lives like in Glen Rock. So we still see each other almost every week. <laughs> um, especially now that the summer is, is, is happening. I have a pool. So most of the time, like they'll be in the, in, in, in my pool over the weekend, but he has been such a great support too. Like he's always been whatever has been the passion in my life. He's always 100% supported me. Like no matter what, when I was like trying to figure out whether I wanted to change careers or not and not continue with publishing, he was just so supportive. And he's always, you know, he volunteers for Alzheimer's New Jersey too, because I keep, I keep dragging my family into whatever passionate cause I have. (laughs) So I'm, I'm just really lucky. Like my dad too has built a strong legacy. Like people know him too. Like it's, it's so funny. Like They'll, they'll, they'll equate my name too. It's like, oh, are you Skip's daughter? He was the councilman in Glenrock. So I feel like I have a lot to live up to between my mom and my dad. But you know what? It's, they say like you want better for your children. And I think, you know, talk about like social media, but you're, you want to put on the best presentation for your children too, right? Like when you're in a bad situation, you want to control yourself in front of your children. And it's, it's almost, it's, it's almost an act like it's, and, and, and as long as it's repetitive, right, it becomes second nature. So then you hope that your children bring on like some of those values. And so if your parents are these amazing people that have these great values, um, then it's second nature to you. And, you're leaving more of a legacy for, for your future children. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice and comforting. I think for me, cause I have such a wonderful support system and there are people who don't have that, you know? So I think one of the things that always drew me to the senior care industry is what about those people who don't have anyone, you know, you really want, like part of you wants to be their support system and, and make sure that they're, they're doing well. Cause they don't have the type of support system that, that I have that people, cause people, my dad will tell me you're doing a great job. I'm so proud of you. So I feel like part of like mine and your job sometimes is to tell our caregivers and tell our clients the same thing, right? You're doing a great job. Like, don't second guess yourself. Like, we're proud of the way you're handling it. Some some of them don't. Like, you've heard stories on our caregiver support group about, like, really complicated family dynamics. And that seems to be sometimes more of the norm. So I feel like sometimes that's, like, a little bit of our legacy, too, is to make sure that um, they're being told that they're doing all the right things and they're okay and that they're not alone and, and that we're proud of them. Yeah, it's it's strange to hear people come from families that are not supportive and that are kind of second guessing the decisions that they're making for their mom and dad. And you're like, well, didn't you grow up together? And, um, and a lot of it is communication. Like we talk about all the time, like there's a breakdown with siblings a lot of the times. And, you know, if you just sat down, right? Like we, 
we tell them a lot of times we encourage them to just sit down and tell them how they're feeling and tell them that they need help. And, and, you know, we suggested getting the one day off, even if it's a month so that, you know, you have that one day break, like that you need it. But, uh, you know, sometimes the simplest things in life are just the hardest. Yeah, I know. I know. Nobody ever wants to take that break, even if it's two hours. So talking about your family and legacy, well, I know your, your mom and dad are very important. There's another very special woman that I think the entire elder care industry knows about, which is <laughs> oh. Grandma Gladys. So yeah. how is she doing? Tell us about Oh my gosh. Actually, funny that you should say that. So um, she just emailed me. I want to say like an hour ago, because I emailed her and asked her for a recipe because my sister and I are throwing this big cousins barbecue this July. So we have cousins coming from North Carolina and um, hopefully Detroit, if, if they can make it out there. And what we wanted to do, because my grandmother can't travel here, what we wanted to do was make a lot of uh, famous and like recipes. So I emailed her this morning for a list of uh, ingredients in this in the carnival beans dish that she makes that we all love. <laughs> and she sent back to me like the cutest email. She's like, you have to let me know how it comes out, Laura. Um, and then she was asking me about my boyfriend. She asked me about my boyfriend every single email. It's like, how's Steve? It's like, I can send her pages of stuff. And then she'll be like, but how is Steve? <laughs> So considerate. So, so that is grandma is grandpa. Uh, grandma is dad's mom. Grandma is my mom's mom. Grandma is your mom's mom. Yeah. So I think that also lends itself to a little bit of a special relationship because, you know, I don't have my mom and I haven't had my mom for about 10 years. So Gladys is an amazing person. She is 93 this year. But I think the best story I can tell you about like what sums like what sums up Gladys is when we were driving to my mom's funeral and we were all in the limo together and the limo stopped short and there was a family of ducks that walked right in front of the, the limo. And my grandmother sees this and she smiles and she's like, look at that beautiful family. And this was like going you know, she's going to bury her daughter, but still in the midst of all that emotional turmoil, she still found the positive and the beautiful in life. And I feel like that sums her up a lot because she just always, she, uh, she buried her husband, she buried her daughter, and she's still living her life and doing puzzles and still getting very excited about cooking raviolis for when I come to visit or when my cousins come to visit. So she just always, always finds something positive. And her, I think too, what's been a godsend during COVID is that like email, she knows how to do email. So us sending her pictures and, and keeps her active and she checks her email like a couple times a day. Like when I went to visit her, it's so cute. When I went to visit her in April, like right after she was fully vaccinated, um, I chose the first weekend where I knew after those two week shots so I could spend some time with her. And she would, she would like check her email in the morning and then check her email in the afternoon and then check her email before bed. It's so cute. So she cute. Had her, she had her routine. 
Yeah, she had her routine. But yeah, she is an amazing, amazing woman. But not to say that she doesn't have her flaws because she's still very, very stubborn. <laughs> Are we all? She's a Yeah, woman. yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I am very stubborn too. It, yeah, I feel like if you're not stubborn as a woman, you just, I think you're lying. I really yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. I've been like, oh, I'm so easy. Although my one of my best friends, Jackie is very easygoing, I will say. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's not true, but needless to say, um, as far as legacy is concerned and values, do you see something that your grandmother has that your mom had that she, that she just naturally passed on? Yeah, I think it's just that ability to make whoever you're talking to feel like the most important person in the world. Right. Like my grandma still says like things like my, my, one of my best friends from, uh, growing up in my childhood, when my mom was in the hospital, she would make us cookies like every day and bring it to the hospital. And my grandmother never forgot that. And we'll still bring it up like in emails and, and will tell me, make sure you tell Tiffany who she calls the angel that I still make her cookies. You know, it's like those remembering of details about specifics about people that my mom was the same way. She would always know, like she, she could meet the person once and then years later ask the specific detail that they may have told her in one conversation, you know? So I think that's definitely something she inherited from my grandma. Your grandma sounds like somebody I want to be when I grow up. Like she's so great. She's so great. She has no filter either sometimes. And she's, (laughs) and she's a little like she's deaf, like almost, you know, she's, she can still hear, but you and I both know, like sometimes there's no other hearing aid in the world that will fix the problem, but it's like sometimes she has no filter and she'll just like, like, if I, if I gain weight, she'll tell me like, right away. <laughs> oh, for sure. oh my God. She? Oh my God. It's so funny. I, I wonder if that's married. Like she, she, she married into the Italian side of the family. Right. So I think, and that's an Italian trait, like 100%, I think is like being blunt like that. And I think the last time I came, I went to see her, she's like, Oh, you lost your belly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love you too, grandma. Like, how great is that at some point in life? I think that's the the one good thing about aging, which there's not many, but that is definitely one of them is that you just get to be yourself. Yeah, there's no pretense. (laughs) You get to be comfortable in who you are. You've lived a long life. You're like, okay, what could possibly go wrong? Like when I say something, so they just have like no filter. Yeah. It's just such a beautiful thing. But that again, and that is my concern. And that's why your grandmother sounds like somebody I definitely want to be when I grow up because I, I worry that Am I going to be like a, 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 a mean old grouch? Because <laughs> like, we deal with so many seniors and family and sometimes it's not them, right? Sometimes it's the disease that they have or the diagnosis they have. And, and 
they don't have the best personality. And I know my friend is dealing with it right now with her mom. And I'm always like, be, be nice. That's not her. That's the disease. Yeah. And I just hope my kids still love me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think too, I, I think there are times we have to change our behavior, right? Because I think we have a tendency of trying to wrestle control from the aging. And I think even and in dementia, that that's never good because they already feel so much loss of control because of this horrible disease. But even when you're healthy, you don't ever want someone to take control of your decisions in your life. And I think we have that tendency to do that to older people. And I think we have to find kind of, there should be a class, you know, like you don't want to be your parents' parent because that that's not good for either of your relationship, right? You want to make sure that they have the control, but that you're guiding their decisions, you know? So I think there's a way to do that, that maybe won't convert the nasty uh, (laughs) nasty, uh, old (laughs) lady. You you have this like artistic talent about you that you can put things in such a pleasant way when sometimes it's not so pleasant and your, your smile just brings such a levity to the situation. So I just thought that I'd, I'd tell you, cause there's sometimes when you say things and I'm like, I could have never come up with that way to tell that person what she just said. Stay tuned for our next episode.